On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. G'day everyone and welcome to the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on a balmy Wednesday night. Hey, and thanks to Brett Phillips on a fantastic show. And you can catch Brett from tomorrow at uh, 6pm, of course. And uh, hey, Brett, so you can see the glint in his eye, can't you? It's tennis <laughs> season and uh, he's off to the Australian Open very, very soon. And, uh, and you can catch all the information around uh, tennis in Australia at the moment and, of course, uh, around Australian Open time uh, with Brett Phillips and the team. Hey, Warren Diego, you're in the house. Welcome. Yes, I am. And uh, this is the second episode mm. of the Diego's Marathon, it Rodrigo. Is, it is. And you can often say too much Diego's is not enough, Carlos. <laughs> you can. Well, you don't hear this week you might be saying yep. it. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, Carlos Alberto Diego, you're here as well. Hello there, Rodrigo's. I thought you were going to call me Donato. <laughs> Carlos Alberto Donato. I went to school with him. Yes. Uh, wasn't he the lawyer in the castle, by the way, Donato? Anyway, Donato. Donato, there you go. Yes. Uh, tell you, I've been sleeping in between shows, by the way. Yeah, just catching up on sleep. It's been a big uh, part week, but we've had a big January in late December, by the way. So isn't it wonderful, though? I love it. We're making no money. Uh, actually just talking world football through this time. And uh, I cannot wait, of course. We're on again on Friday night for a couple of hours. And then Saturday night, disco night again. Uh, it's just like old times on Saturday night, isn't it, Rodrigo? We're football rich, Carlos. Yeah. We're football rich, and that's, <laughs> that's right. uh, the only rich that we need. Mm. No Vinny Venezuela tonight, of course, no. because uh, he's picked a good he, week to he, say something. You're going to ask yeah, the yeah. question. He's very smart. He put his holidays in, obviously, yeah, pretty he's early. Not, he's not only the handsome Diego, he's a very smart Diego, too. <laughs> he is. Hey, we've got a big show for you tonight, of course. Uh, Mike, McC- Mike McGrath's coming up uh, a little bit later on. Uh, it'll be interesting to... Hear what Mike's got to say, of course, with all the EPL uh, happening Did you at the see moment. that game this morning? <laughs> oh, the three-all. <laughs> three-all. Mm. It was typical Arsenal. Yeah. Everything you love about them, but mm. we'll talk about that later. Hey, and we'll take your calls if you would like to talk to the Diego's 94291116. Plenty to talk about, so let's get into it. It's uh, 13 past 11. I heard Yes, the Diego's bopping to a bit of a disco here on a Wednesday night on 11.16. SEN, Melbourne's home of rock. <laughs> hey, um, hey, the show tonight mm. is brought to you by Tax Talk, Best on Plumbing and the Northern Football Academy at St Monica's College in Epping. Thanks to our partners. Hey, the first topic we need to talk about is the resignation of John Van Skip from mm. Melbourne City, of course. Uh, he, with immediate effect, uh, he's returning to Holland to look after his... Uh, ailing father who uh, is already in palliative care mm. so um, our thoughts are with uh, John Van Skip um, and of course Michael Valkanis will uh, step into the role until the big search uh, happens with the City Group uh, right around the world we're told but uh, yep. definitely our thoughts are with uh, JVS at this point and his dad of course. And it's been something that obviously he's been trying mm. to manage from a long way away for a period of time I think um, it was reported in the Herald Sun that he'd actually taken some time off during the uh, pre-season period to go. He missed, I think, one game to go back and spend time with his father. But look, mm. it's it's a choice that the obvious, no, the obvious and no correct choice. choice has been made. No choice, yeah. So, um, and look, he's likely not to come back to this part of the world. And whatever you say about 
JVS is there's a legacy around him mm. and Melbourne Heart, Melbourne City that won't quickly be forgotten in terms of, and he's going to leave. And I think rightfully in some mm. ways, he's able to leave having bought the club their first yep. bit of silverware, which is fairly significant. Well, not fairly, it's very significant. Mm. So he goes, I think, on good terms and well respected by all and sundry. Well, what it was a tragedy. This is a tragedy. Firstly, you know, uh, but we've got to, we're a football show and we've got to talk about the football course, issues around this too. Um, you'd think that if his father's in such a bad state and also it's been an ongoing over a long period of time that the that he would have, because being the sort of guy he is, a very respectful gentleman, uh, uh, you know, a guy that, you know, rarely you know, gets involved in any controversy at all or it's always quite even-tempered. He's been through a lot of stress and pressure through the whole Heart City years, but he's always held himself in in good stead every time. Uh, You'd think that he would have maybe, even though the players apparently had no idea, I think the coaching staff, maybe his assistant coaches may have had some idea, but you'd, you'd think the club... Um, you know, either the city group or Man City would have known from way back that this was a possibility. Yeah, I'm sure. So I would think, Warren, I would think that the the replacement coach, I know Michael Valcarnas is uh, taking over the job, but no one I think could ever suggest that he would be the one that would take over full time. No, I'd, I'd... unless they're waiting for someone else who is maybe contracted at the moment, um, or uh, or a, a person who they're just waiting for, you know for the right time to get so he might get a bit of a run, you'd think that Citigroup would have been looking into this. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, a, I think a while there's, back. There's, if conversations have been had with the club for John to make that decision seemingly, you know, pretty quickly, but obviously build up over time, they would have been planning. And I think the chances of Valcanis getting the job are pretty much non-existent slim. Melbourne City have only unless full time. They're waiting. Yeah, yeah, unless but, they're waiting. But I would. Oh, have, so on a permanent basis, he might it might go to the end of the year yeah, if they're waiting. Could, for although the, I the would right doubt person. that too, Carlos, because yeah. if you look, there's 28 games in the season. Melbourne City have only played 13 out of 28. So you're talking 15 games. There's still okay, a there's still a large this. amount of time in the season, and I would think that if they genuinely wanted to push for a title and then go through, you know, the recruiting and all that that goes with it, I think they'll be looking to replace John Van Skip with somebody that they see as the permanent replacement. Do you think, let's talk about the replacements for John Van Skip, of course, do you think that they'll go international or will they be um, employing within the A-League? Well, I think, you know, the people, it's been intimated in the media and, you know, and around the traps that, you know, City are on a worldwide yeah, search for right. this. And it's sort of... The suggestion is they're going to go for some big name, you have big money, because the coach is not part of the salary cap. But City's never operated that way. They've actually just got the right person for this market. Uh, they've got Patrick Vieira for New York, uh, of course Guardiola for Man City. Um, they will, they'll, they'll get the right guy for this market. And it's not only the first time, uh, you know, the conversation about Joseph Gombau. I mean. That came up on the Diego talkback almost six months ago My about sense. Gombau taking over from uh, from John Van, Skip. John Van Skip and maybe Gia Moore also. That was suge- a suggestion that that might happen too. Carlos, my sense is that everyone is gettable. Now, that's starting with anyone in Australia. Perhaps Kevin Musket would be the only one of the existing coaches 
that they might not be able to what pry a, away from opposition. Uh, I, Graham I, Arnold? I, well, Graham no, Arnold's no. re-signed. So, but just okay, talk about Tony Popovich, And I think Popovich yeah, yeah, would be... Yeah. An ideal replacement. I don't, I don't know. Is he, would he be an ideal replacement? Yeah, I do think so. I don't know. I, I just, I, I, he's, a, he's a guy that uh, the, the way that the Western Sydney football is played is in his image almost. It, it's tough. It's dour. Yeah, but he brings an edge, Carlos. He brings something yeah. that people would say that Melbourne City may have been lacking. He brings a... Well, they, but Melbourne City haven't lacked the edge this season. No, but... They haven't. It, it's... In their DNA, there's been a softness. This year, there hasn't. I think Popovich would be a great replacement. You, no, you have, to, you have to actually have someone who is willing to adopt the city group philosophy, football playing philosophy. You know, we joked the other night that, you know, Pep and JBS <laughs> are having FaceTime every week talking about... Yeah. But it's, not, it's no accident that the way Melbourne City is trying to play is the way Manchester City is trying to play. It's this global type of formation, which is probably... You know, uh, it's probably been uh, stamped by Pep Guardiola. This is how we're all going to play, and this is what we're going to do, just irrespective of uh, of what your individual markets might call for. And that's where I think Tony Popovich wouldn't cop that. He wouldn't be he wouldn't be told uh, how he's to play. He he wouldn't under. He what would, about that somebody like Gombau, who actually was in the Melbourne City establishment? Well, he wasn't was he? he was actually in the Barcelona establishment. Yeah, where a lot of the um, you know, and then he went to New York Pep, City. Pep Guardiola and even even Joanne Cruyff, who had a big influence on John Van Skip, uh, was also part of that Barcelona system. But you'd system. think Gombau comes back. He's an assistant to the Socceroos. You'd think he'd probably want to stay in that role no, through a cycle. No, not, not if to a World Cup. Not if not if the City Group come calling. Because suddenly that that doesn't open the door for Melbourne City that job there. But once you're in that system, you could be moved to New New York. FC, you could be moved to Man City if you're any good. So, uh, by the way, um, Joseph Gombau did leave Adelaide United to go to New York to mm. start up an academy. So he may have links there anyway. Maybe, maybe. Hey, so so do you do you think they go for the experienced uh, senior coach? Would they go As for somebody like who? off the text message here, mm. um, which I kind of yep. prompted uh, before the show as well? Harry Kuehl, is he, no is he too 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 new? Too in green, his, yeah. his coaching. No, the the issue. The issue that so-called big clubs have yep. is who's going to manage those egos in the change room, and they've got a, 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 a real widespread group of egos in that Melbourne City change room now. That's why I don't think Michael Valcanis is a is a is you know something that will be here for the future. I don't think he's a guy but, that could could deal with that. You need someone who can be able to deal with those egos, and the questions are about JVS. Is was he losing? that battle in there. Not that they were not playing for him or anything like that, because they would never do that. But this whole idea of, you know, those players hanging off every word of the manager, um, you know, I, I, that's the sort of manager they, that the four Narolis of this world, the Tim Carls of this world, the Brandans, the Jacobsons, even Neil Kilkenny. I mean, if there's some guy in there that they're not respecting or they don't think has achieved anything in football, it, you've lost them straight away. So do you do you think that um, they're further into this search than uh, what they've said? Absolutely, publicly? there's no way John Van Skip. It's not that suddenly he's made a decision no, to go it's home. Been long he would have been thinking about this even as far back as the FFA Cup night, and um, and so that was a big night for him. And really, since I mean, there was a suggestion in one of the I think it was the Herald Sun that the article you're there talking were, about. There were conversations, which I you know, 
I just thought it was uncalled for the suggestion that they were that his job was under threat right now. I mean, after the the last five games since the FFA Cup, four four draws and a loss, and a, and a, yeah, four draws and a loss was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's lost one in five, and, and they were in front in that game. Yeah, and there was a suggestion in the article either today or yesterday suggesting that they were looking at his position already. I mean, that I think that's irresponsible because I, surely they'd be scrutinising every game. Uh, and they'd be, che- you know, be looking at everyone's performance for every game. Uh, but to say, to say that his job was in jeopardy after losing one in five, even though there were four losses included in that, I think that's just irresponsible. So do you think that um, obviously him leaving, I mean, given, given that this season really since the FFA Cup has kind of stalled um, and probably gone backwards... It's do you, stalled, do you think Rodrigo. That's harsh to say backwards. Well, they yeah, haven't but, gone but backwards. If, but if this is their slump... That's sort of bad slump okay, to have. So do you think that it will derail this season no, at all? No disrespect to John Van Skip, and I, and I don't want this to come across the wrong way, but I actually think that in terms of the players themselves, I think you'll see a lift in performance out of this game. I think they'll, they'll be really maybe a lot more focused, and this might be the, I don't know, the spark is the wrong word, but it might just be the... The refocusing. Uh, of the I just team. think they've got experienced winners in that team. They'll just lift because they're winners. Uh, unfortunately, we'll have very little to do with Mike Volcanus. He's just warming the seat for someone else right now. How quickly that will be? It'll depend on how quickly, how far C- they are into their search. Well, and and also whether City Group have identified the guy and that guy's available right now. Mm, very interesting. Because am I right in saying, Carlos, that anyone? is gettable for Man City for this role. Like, you could get an ex-Premier League manager. But that doesn't mean it, no, you've got to I be know, any good. No, I know, but I'm, the right person, Money anyone's wise, gettable. But they can get anyone for the marquee position too. They could have brought. They could have spent the kingdom of Saudi Arabia or, or Qatar or wherever those guys are, UAE, <laughs> the kingdom of UAE, on bringing Messi here. They could have afforded him, right? Yes. So... Look, just because you can afford someone doesn't mean you can get them. And they've always said, we'll get the right players and coaches for the Australian market that's specific to the Australian market. And we've seen that. Winners like Fauna Riley is perfect for the Australian market. Put him in China, he may not kick a goal. He was in Greece before this and, and in Italy before that. So uh, Australia is just a perfect fit for them. Brandan, again, is another guy. Um, a few of the other ones. Neil Kilkenny. So t- put your... I know Rodrigo won't because he sits on the fence. <laughs> well, get your bum off the fence <laughs> and give me your pick. What? Who's going to get yep. the new? I, I got no idea. Oh, I will. What? I will. Well, how would you know? Well, I'm just. Well, he is a Melbourne City man. Carlos. I'm a Melbourne City Who? Man. Go on. I actually think it'll be Joseph Gombau. Okay. Oh, right. Well, so surprise, <laughs> surprise. That's what I mean. Well, surprise, you tell me. You're just guessing. Of you're just the, guessing. Of the Possible anyway. candidates. You know, you've never been to a town hall meeting. You've never talked to anyone what outside the studio. What are they saying at the town hall, Carlos? You're not giving no. The the only, no, nothing from inside the, the <laughs> inside the inner sanctum uh, because this has all been pretty sudden for everyone. I, I, I'm pretty sure that everyone's pretty shocked about this. Yeah. They, they kept it pretty quiet, but the uh, but the but all I can go back to was those phone calls on our talk back six months ago or so when they were talking about Joseph Gombau and they were talking about Gear Moore. Now, not under these circumstances. Obviously, no one could have foreseen this happening. But uh, certainly at the end of the season, there was no guarantee that John Van Skip was ever going to, was going to stay here of his own volition or whether 
they were going to give an extension to his contract anyway. Well, he definitely got um, some you know, uh, lovely words from head office um, in the United Arab Emirates, of course, but uh, also from the City Group as well. Yeah. So he was a well-respected well man. And, yeah. uh, you know, if you're a Melbourne City, Melbourne Heart fan, you know, you've got to say that, you know, being, you know, the first coach, but also the guy that actually, you know, brought them back up, you know, you've got to say job well done to John Van Skip. And, uh, you know, a lot of people will miss him. So all the best to John. He's been very good with the Diegos as well. Yeah. Always ready to do an interview. He so. didn't give us an exclusive, though. That <laughs> well, he disappointed. Well, he wasn't uh, one to give exclusive. No, he wasn't, yeah. was he? To be fair. And also, uh, do, you, do you really yeah, want no, this you exclusive? Don't. No, no, you don't. Oh, you mean this exclusive? Sorry. No, I thought you meant a ge- another one. Yeah. No, no, we, we didn't need this one. But um, anyway, just moving on uh, before we go to a break. Uh, Robbie Cruz, Robbie Cruiser, is uh, off yeah. to China. Is that right? He's off to um, well, Liaoning Wa Win. Yeah, he's agitating, and uh, Leverkusen are quite happy for him to go. So, <laughs> yeah. so he's not agitating he's, that yeah, much. He's been how long? I don't have the Wikipedia in front of me, but he's must have been in, in Germany for what six years? Six to seven. Six to seven years, and he's and he rarely plays. You know, um, he's he's highly regarded because they wouldn't have him in the system there with the different clubs he's been at. And they've always been decent clubs. Yeah, they've been top yeah, half. Yeah, Wonders but he's like... always been a, that sub coming on, or and he's always had whenever injuries. he gets a yeah whenever he gets a bit of a run, he gets injured, and they're long term sort of injuries. Um, it'd be interesting if you know, I don't know Robbie Cruz personally, but sitting down with him and uh, you know over a beer and saying, give us a summary of your career so far. What he really thinks, whether he's really reached that potential, and going to China whether he's just given up on reaching that full potential. I think there's the sense that does he play? Does he play more if he goes to China? Well, that would have to be... Surely, surely that would that, be, surely have that, to be your number one thing, wouldn't it? Play yeah, but, more and earn more, probably. Yeah, I, I think if you go to China at this stage of his career, it's got to be for the money, doesn't it? You're not going there to you know fulfill a football dream you've had as a kid. No, well, I can't imagine China being a footballing dream location. No, well, well financially, financially, your bank manager but it is it's fantastic. Yeah, but doesn't it become like the players that they're rumoured to be targeting now? And you know, I go onto the BBC website and look at transfer rumours for the January window. The amount of current English Premier League players that are being linked to transfers, definitely, and bearing in mind the clubs are really reaping the rewards. The English the English clubs would reap the rewards from these players going for these inflated it blow it doesn't blow your mind. Yeah, but not many of not many Englishmen are going over. No, it. no. They're it's over it's international players currently playing in the Premier League that could be tempted away from a Premier League side. So it's quite interesting. Yes, there you go. But just and now just the the final question on the uh players going to China. Yep. Does Ange Postacoglu like that? Or does he want uh, Robbie Cruiser to stay in Europe, Germany, whether it's Germany, Holland, wherever, um, and have a crack at getting you know um, full-time games? Yeah, when Trent Sainsbury first went over there, uh, I don't know what the quote was from Ange Postecoglou, but he, he sort of, it, again, it, it seemed like he disapproved of Australians going over to play at China. But he did also say... In you know, in the last twelve months, that he will go over there and judge it for himself. Uh, there's some really good players going over there. If they, and the know, co- quality it, of the competition has to improve uh, through those if players. If Trent Sainsbury is playing against Tevez, you know, and uh, and Pella and uh, Lavezza and those and sort of Oscar. Play- yeah, Oscar and these sort of players, 
uh, you know, irrespective of the standard of that game, if you're playing against those sort of players, it's it's great for your own development in that respect. But you still hear uh, that you know the re- as much as there's a lot of money in the sport, the football now isn't not necessarily there for you to play better football. So, but more and more Australians are going over there. I think we've got to accept it. This whole thing about what's it going to do for the soccer as well, that's irrelevant now. It's so big, the money there. You cannot begrudge any Australian who wants to go over there and make a living. And I think it's going to be, and I I reckon there would be a few, and I've heard, town hall meeting again, Mm. I've heard that there's a few Australians playing in Europe at the moment, ringing up their agent and saying, get me a club in China. There you go. Especially the defenders. Yes. Because that's where the Chinese love the Australian defenders. Is there any chance that we might get invited to a radio show? Yes. As an agent. Or we may get invited to one of these town hall meetings. So the Chinese (laughs) soccer authorities are saying, find me a soccer radio show. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Find me. Yeah. Well, we're... Have we got an agent, Carlos? Down and dirty as a back... (laughs) Carlos, have we got an agent? Yeah, his name's Carlos Alberto Diego. (laughs) So get us a contract in China. (laughs) Let's take a break now and uh, come back with more of the uh, Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. How much do you feel the game? Do you feel it like Brazilian commentators do? This game. This has been a tribute to Brazilian commentators everywhere. This is the Four Diego's. Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday night, and uh, thanks Molly from Keeler. Loving the show, Diego's three times a week. Not enough. There you go. We're on oh, four times you. this My week. My wife uh, thinks it's enough. <laughs> hey Carlos, you're living in the seventies. Oil dollars <laughs> are not what they used to be. No, Tevez to China, highest paid player in the world. So there yeah, you go. Yeah, look, they're not paying. Uh, yeah. The, the Middle Eastern investors in EPL football and New York FC and, and uh, Melbourne City aren't uh, investing peanuts. So, <laughs> yes, of course, we're not matching the Chinese. People are saying, you know, why are China so big into the sport right now? Well, the Chinese government are right behind it. Mm. The uh, president, they, as high yeah, as they, the president they come of out China. with their vision paper or something uh, 12 yeah, months yeah, ago yeah, and yeah. they said by 2030 or 2040 they want to have won a World Cup and have the biggest league in the world and they, uh, they, they're they recruiting all the best players or they're trying to get the best players at the moment. Well, was Cristiano Ronaldo was offered some ridiculous yes. amount. Just they're the in week. the hunt. You look at yeah. maybe rumours and they're... They're quoting numbers for every player, yeah. including yeah. Ronaldo, yeah. Messi, everything. Yeah. And it really is t- testing the resolve about, you know, whether, you know, loyalty to Real Madrid or Barcelona, or do I set my great great grandkids up, you know, uh, when I'm long gone, and my my whole uh, lineage of, I mean, of those, family, those they'll all be millionaires by the time I, you know, just pass on that. He's always have his own royal family. <laughs> Ronaldo, true. by the end of true. it, he's Messi. All, I mean, he's all, clearly he's already done that. Yeah. But, you know, just... Um, so, so obviously, so do you think the China, you know, this whole China boom um, is in the thoughts of the Premier League, La Liga, 
Um, oh, they scared and, stiff. And they scared stiff. Did but, you, yeah, because really there, was, there was a case, I, I can't remember with a player, but it, was, it wasn't that long ago where Liverpool win, win for a player Yeah, yep. from uh, from Spain, I believe. It was a striker from Spain. I forgot the guy's name. But uh, but they lost out to a Chinese club who who, uh, paid, who were prepared, prepared yeah, to pay more in transfer And I don't fee. know who the player was. Liverpool were trying to not pay the... Trigger amount yeah. in a transfer, so they were negotiating, and, and normally, years, and normally, normally left they'd alone. be able to yeah. do it. Yeah. Well, the Chinese team just came in, <laughs> paid the trigger fee on the transfer, and, and the more. player was there, plus more. But that doesn't happen when a player's in his prime a lot. Oh, well, it, but yet. they're but they're now talking to these players in their prime. Like, oh no, they're talking to them, but they're testing the resolve of these players. Yeah, yeah they're probably upping their money in Spain or or England at the moment. That's what they're doing. I'm I'm still. You know, yes, of course, there's plenty of money. It's not stopping the Chinese asking the question, of put course. it that no, way. Why would it? And, and Wayne Rooney, for example, yeah, I mean, they'd be, test, they'd be in his ear ever since the start so, of this season. I think it'd be a good move for Wayne Rooney. You know, oh, um, know. how old is he now? 30? 30? Yeah, 31. Yep. Sort of, yeah, yeah. But, I don't know. I, mean, I think it's still something where players and coaches, once you go to China, you've, you're admitted defeat in that. You're not really serious about your football anymore. That's I think that's the the perception by people in football. If you go to China, you're not going there to develop and be be a better player and come back a better player. That's true. No matter yeah. what, it is obscene. It is absolute to me in my little mind. Yeah, it's uh, absolutely obscene. But how uh, much is it for for um, Tevez? Is it four hundred thousand pound a week? Four four hundred seventy thousand pound a oh, week. It's just ridiculous. I mean, uh, c- come on. Sorry, it's, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, yeah. uh, go and cry in the corner a little bit. But you know, they, it's just unbelievable. To, I know that's so, the market I mean, cut loss. Yeah, that, someone, someone in China needs to be making money on that. If they're paying that much to someone, someone's making more. Yep. So that's how they justify it in, in the football industry. There's always an accounting method to justify. Yeah, it. I don't think they'd be paying it and then suffering a big loss and being happy with it, going into it that way. There. Uh, Again, I, I think it's uh, it's a big push by government. Uh, they're probably working in partnership with all the clubs there, and their net is worldwide. Mm. So, and like I said, I, I know of some Australian defenders who played in World Cups and Asian Cups, and uh, they've asked the question of their managers to get over there and find them a club. Not surprising when they're offering <laughs> unbelievable. Mm. Anyway, feel sorry for Tommy Urich who was talked out of taking. A $10 million deal, we think it's more than that, to China a few years ago. Um, that's interesting because yeah, he did. It's funny, he didn't who go. Who talked him out of it? I think Ange Postacoglu and maybe Tim Carlin <laughs> talked about it. And Tim Carlin are going maybe to that same club. but uh, Different stage of career, Carlos. Different stage. And I think uh, it just seems a long time ago that Ange took, so, supposedly talked Tommy Urich out of that. Uh, but again, you know, him going there, it would have just been seen as, you're not really serious about your football. You just want to make a living, which is great. But you're not going there to better yourself. Uh, he ended up going to Holland uh, to try and better himself, and did quite well there for a short period until he got injured too. So, yeah, interesting stuff. But uh, and Matty Yerman's off to Korea. Um, so yeah, you know he... that's significant for Sydney. I think. And I mean, I'm not sure who they're going to replace him with, but he's become a a really he's a leader of that team. It's a it's a he's a bit of a stalwart, doesn't it? It's probably gone for opportunity, but they've been happy to let him go, which is interesting. Well, you know, he he has been uh, a good player who has struggled to establish himself for a while now in the A-League. I think he was still running around at the start of the A-League, but he was at Brisbane, yeah. he was at Sydney, 
Um, but he's only really cemented himself. Last couple was, of years. I think he was a player of the year at Sydney last year. Yep. And, um, and good on him because he's worked really hard yep. to cement himself as a as a, a no-nonsense type leader in that Sydney defence in a, in a team that's done quite well. And so he's earned that spot overseas. But I, ever since Sasha Ogonoski went over to Korea and ended up being Our the Our defenders eight, have been sought after. Yeah, they? absolutely. He's the one. He's been, he was a child, the real trailblazer where they wanted Sasha Ogonoski because he's a man mountain, just really aggressive, a uh, real leader on the pitch. And he won, he won things. He won the Player of the Year, the Asian Player of the Year. He won a Asian Champions League with his team. And uh, just really, really well respected. And since that time, that's where, you know, Trent Sainsbury's got to uh, thank Sasha Ogonoski. Even Wilkinson uh, has got to thank him. Uh, there's a few other guys who have gone over there. I'm, I'm hearing some pretty average centre-halves who are just good professionals in Australia of being touted. Uh, as players who they're after over in China and Korea at the moment. Well, they've got Alex Wilkinson, of course, who's been fantastic he's for been them this injured. year. He's been injured. Well, he's been fantastic for yeah, them yeah. this year. I mean, they've been miserly in defence, of course, with uh, Danny Vukovic in goal as well. Yeah. And and Seb Ryle's been on the bench. and you know He can play. He, he, he's been very handy for them as well. Well, he's so captain that team at different has. times. So, so. so, you know, I think, I think they'll be fine. Hey, um, but hopefully they're not fine for too long because, you know, we need them to lose a game. They're, they're not, <laughs> not, not because it's Sydney FC. Or it's just that they're not the Invincibles like people are calling them. I just yeah. that, I can't stomach that either, uh, yeah. gents, because... Um, There's some pretty good teams in the competition this year. I'd be disappointed if, if they end up being... Yeah, in, I would in, It's too. not like everyone else is poor, like in the EPL last year where Leicester won by 10 points and everyone else just weren't right. Uh, this A-League, there's you know, three or four I'd teams. be shocked if Sydney gets through the season without getting a big yeah, defeat. Yeah, I think that big game on the 20, is it 26th of January. Yes, it is. Victory and, yep. and uh, Sydney, I think that's a huge game. And I don't see both teams' forms waning between now and then. So they'll be going in really red hot both those sides. Cannot wait to see what victory do in that game. And by the way, just off the text message, thank you very much. The guy who went to China, uh, the Liverpool yes. target, was Alex Texiera. Yes, yeah, so I think he was, at, was he at Atletico Madrid? I think he was, uh, yes. he wasn't getting a regular game there, but uh, he was a guy that uh, was highly rated when he did go. Just and Liverpool wanting to, wanted yeah. to fluff around with the, the right. money. That's right. Uh, Big Joe in West Footscray out. Hi, guys. Great show as always. Thanks for that. Isn't the AFL going to take over China, then the world, after they play a game well, there? Port year? Adelaide, of all, all, play, all teams, are playing That's over right. in China. I, I'm certainly, <laughs> you know, I love my AFL football. People know that. I'm a Western Bulldogs fan. I'm still, I'm still. No, that was uh, last year. No, still, no, still, still, you know, bathing in the, uh, in the beautiful light of the doggies winning the grand final. But uh, when I heard that uh, Malcolm Turnbull, said that uh, AFL football is perfect for China or something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, that, it's the most ridiculous. People in AFL were laughing their heads <laughs> off at that comment. Uh, when you've got world football, you've got the Asian Cup, you've got uh, soccer is playing in Asia all the time. The relationship between Australian business and China because of world football, not AFL football, but world football, really, for him to say that, who's advising this guy, really? Clearly, um, Barnaby Joyce. <laughs> Good one. Hey, let's take a break because uh, we do have Mike McGrath waiting for us. Apparently. Oh, there's so much to talk about. Yes, there is definitely. And um, let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Ex-Aston Villa striker Dalian Atkinson began his career in Turkish footy by having sheep's blood daubed over his forehead. Dalian's club Fenerbahce traditionally slaughter a sheep on the pitch and smear the players' foreheads with its blood, believing that this improves their chance of slaughtering the opposition. 
Jeez, I love this game. This is the Four Diego's. Thanks for your company. Nice to have you along, uh, Rodrigo Rodriguez, uh, Warren Diego, and Carlos Alberto Diego. Let's go to the UK and catch cool. up with our man from the Sun. It's big. .co.uk, or the Sun in the UK. Let's go to Mike. Uh, Mike, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Nice to have you along. It's uh, Rodrigo here, Warren, and Carlos. Warren. Mike, I think um, it feels like we haven't spoken to you in months, but it's only been two weeks or less. And since that time, there's been four Premier League rounds. And you'd have to say that leading into the last game of this block of four, that Chelsea and Tottenham really has a lot of significance for a whole lot of components of the ladder before we go into the FA Cup break, particularly with Arsenal and Liverpool not getting full points in the last of their four games. Yeah, it's it's all you know. It's it, as as Wenger himself has said, it's Chelsea to lose. I suppose um, it's been a real quirk of the uh, fixture list as well, which some people aren't happy about. Chelsea have had a lot of time to prepare for tonight's game, um, whereas uh, Liverpool only had um, forty-four hours. Mike, I'm sure you, yeah, forty-four sure hours. <laughs> We're not too pleased about, but. That's what happens when when you're at the top. Your you know your games are sought after by the TV, which is why that one was changed. So uh, they're a victim of their own success as well. They're Chelsea or or, uh, or beneficiaries, um, and and yes, it, it does all point towards them. Um, you know, and this massive game tonight, whether they can make it 14 wins in a row, um, set a new record, and really just say to the rest of the rest of the league that. Um, uh, they're the ones to catch. Mike, it's Carlos. Uh, Manchester City and Pep Guardiola in particular, how's he going at the moment? There's been a, a few articles saying his performance in press conferences and his relationships with, with the media um, you know, has been a bit strained. He's a bit sarcastic towards them and, uh, and maybe that little, uh, little bit of an aura around him is maybe breaking down a little bit in England. How, how do you see how, how he's going at the moment? Yeah, uh, it was a real kind of petulant performance from him, really. Um, he wasn't answering questions from the BBC, which, you know, they were perfectly valid questions as well about his thoughts on the referee and the performance after their game against Burnley. And it just seems that maybe the pressure's getting to him a little bit. Um, look, when you're, when you're hailed as the best coach in the world, it comes with a lot of expectation. And maybe it does come with a few people expecting you you know, hoping that, that you can fall flat on your face. But he hasn't, you know, he, he hasn't shown anybody yet that he is the best coach in the world this, uh, this, this campaign. So that's still for him to do. Um, and, and in the meantime, I think he probably has to have a look at himself and see how, he, how he's uh, kind of going about things, not just the media, but on the training pitch as well. Mike, how's uh, how's his players' relationship with him going? I know when he first took over, you know they were all in the media saying that they love him and they've they've learnt so much. There was stuff that was said by him at training that they'd never heard in their whole career. It was like someone had come down from Mars and suddenly espoused all its stuff. But uh, but there has been some suggestions that you know the likes of Aguero, who's a clinical finisher and he's been really successful in English football, is a bit reluctant to play the high pressing game. And and there's a you know a few others who aren't comfortable with that fast interchange of passing, the pace of the game that he wants to play. Are the players losing a bit of faith, do you think? Well, I, I haven't heard that. What I've, um, what I've heard is that they've actually really bought into his philosophy 
there's been a few things that he's brought in that they are buying into. Some of them are sleeping um, at the training ground overnight um, after matches uh, so that they can be up early, ready for one of his warm-down sessions. But he's certainly, he certainly um, got them bought into it, but I just think that he just hasn't got great players like he did at, at Barcelona. Um, you know, pound for pound, 11 v 11, you're looking at Man United and Liverpool really really having as good a team as them and maybe better in certain areas, which is why City um, are there where they are in the league, I think. And I think it's down to Pep to get the best out of the players in their positions in a bit like, a bit like how Klopp has done. He's, he's really adapted to some of the pitfalls that have come Liverpool's way, whereas I don't think Pep's shown any sign of adapting at all. Mike, I'm going to ask. I was going to ask a man new question, but I'm going to avoid that. I'm just in trying to find a way for Chelsea to maybe get beat and to give Liverpool a chance of of winning the title. When particularly when I'm over there, the thing that I've noticed most of this season is there doesn't seem to be a lot of teams in mid-table that are capable of knocking the top teams off. I know Liverpool drew with Sunderland and an overnight Arsenal drew with Burnley, but in those games where you're thinking there could be an upset here, there doesn't seem to me to be a lot of the mid-table teams that are actually grasping the opportunity to knock off some of the top teams and maybe cause that concertinaing of the of the top part of the, the ladder now that Chelsea have put 14 together. Just the fact that Chelsea have been able to, to win that many games probably says that. Am I uh, under or overstating the quality of the mid-table teams this season? I mean, I'd agree with that to a certain degree because obviously there haven't been those results. Um, but I think, I think the, the likes of West Brom have, have re- you know, they, they went to, um, they went to Chelsea and they tried, and they went to Arsenal and they tried, and they end up losing one nil. I think that's where they are at the moment, and those games around them against the Palaces and Southamptons, they just ultimately are more more important games for them ones where they might have a go and try and get a result a bit more. Um, it does seem that there is a little bit of a gulf, um, and I suppose, but I, I just think that that's what teams like like West Brom are going to start are, going, are trying to do. They're trying to nick a point off them. At the moment, it's not been successful, but I think that's the game plan for them. Just try and nick a point at the big teams, and then the, and then the really big games are the ones that matter to them. Mike, uh, Manchester United, 10 points behind Chelsea, but they ha- I think they've won six in a row now and unbeaten in, in nine or so. And uh, there's a quiet uh, confidence there with Jose Mourinho finally getting this team humming a little bit more. Uh, transfer window opening, of course. Uh, any chance of Antoine Griezmann off the SMS, one of our listeners wants to know, uh, whether uh, Antoine Griezmann uh, could be a possibility this transfer window or will they have to wait till next season? We're thinking that it will be in the summer. I know he does have a he does have a, a clause in his contract, which means he can go for a set fee. But just the feeling is that 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 deal, if it does happen, and obviously United would love to have a player like him, would would be in the summer rather than in the next um, thirty days or so. Mike, how do you read the January transfer window? Is most of the action going to be in China, or is there going to be <laughs> stuff that is there going to be Things that, I mean, do clubs like Liverpool react to, say, Mane not being there for the month in terms of trying to find 
a replacement and maybe adding depth long term? Or do you think most of the top teams will will really just go with what they've got? Uh, I think there'll be more opportunists rather than long term long term strategy signings. You know, um, teams who can benefit from um, six month loans or to get players out. Um, I think that's how it's going to work rather than, you know, a big Fernando Torres type signing. Um, of course, China is looming for all of us um, and there's a lot of money on offer there. But I, I, I think um, Oscar's probably going to be the last big one for this, uh, for this window. Um, it's difficult because obviously clubs like Man City do need fullbacks and they do need a centre-back, but it's just... It's just getting the right quality in, which is difficult. And there just seems to be, in Europe, just a real dearth of number nines that, that can play for the very, very top teams. So if, if you can get one, um, you know, the top clubs would love to, but they just don't seem to be around. Hey, Mike, uh, we're going to have to let you go, but do you get a rest this weekend? It's FA Cup uh, weekend, but do you get a rest yourself? No, I there's no squad rotation at the Sun, I'm afraid. There's um, <laughs> me going to going up to Preston for the late kickoff. So um, Preston v Arsenal is my one. So should, that that a good old fashioned cup tie. As long as you're not dumped at the end of the season, Mike, That's true. you should be happy. That's true. <laughs> I, I, knew, I knew you weren't going to get a rest. I just thought you were, I'd ask. Okay, thanks, Mike. I really appreciate your time. Okay, see you soon. There's uh, Mike McGrath from The Sun in the UK. Hey, before we go to a break, Daniel in Keysborough has been uh, good enough to hold. G'day, Daniel. Welcome to the Four Diego's. Uh, good evening. Good evening. Yeah. Loving to say. Oh, thanks, mate. Um, what would you like to talk about? Just a bit of a breaking news. Ooh, oh, ooh. Say a bit of a rumour. One of the best players uh, in A-League this season, Milos Linkovic, uh, got an interesting uh, offer to go to China. <laughs> Guangzhou RNF. Um, which Dragan Stojkovic coaches. He already uh, played under him in West Star Belgrade. So yeah. it's a big big offer. So, yeah, apparently he's willing to take it. So, yeah, yeah. I, I hadn't been announced yet, but Daniel, thank you for breaking news at uh, five minutes to midnight <laughs> on the Diego's because uh, our millions of listeners are uh, listening at this time of night. But... Uh, uh, but that doesn't surprise me, mate. It really doesn't. Uh, he, he actually was a subject of a huge offer from the Middle they East. They played hardball, didn't they, Sydney, in terms well, of... Well, they wouldn't Ruth. let him go. Yeah. Uh, and he, t- t- he's responded by playing some wonderful football. They wouldn't want to lose him. Well, they're going to lose him. if they if they've Because, re- like someone said, the petrol dollars aren't as much as the Chinese dollars, the yuan these days. And I think that he would be in great demand there. And playing wonderful football and... Being in Asia, they've got scouts everywhere. They would know, uh, would, you know. He would be a big loss to yeah. Sydney FC. Thanks for your call there, Daniel. Very And thanks for holding because that yeah. uh, is very interesting stuff if that indeed does happen. You called yeah. it breaking news and then you said it was a rumour. So somewhere in the middle, um, it's going to be very interesting to see if uh, Sydney can hold on to him. He's also contracted too. Yeah, uh, there they'll get a transfer fee now. Uh, yep. But they won't probably get one at the end of the season. So big decision. You, you throw enough money at an A-League club, they've got to take it. Okay, it's time to take a break now and come back with a little more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Definitely coming around the home stretch. Thanks for your company tonight. Really appreciate it. Uh, it's been a whirlwind show. And uh, just uh, Jean-Paul de Marigny, the uh, <laughs> Melbourne victory assistant uh, coach. You know, I'll three s- matches, Warren. I'll say quickly. Matches. I'll say quickly. You've got to... He's got to learn, hasn't he? <laughs> you think? You'd think so now. Yeah. I, I've got a sense from the comment, the quotes from Kevin Musket that he's fuming inside. Yeah. That 
the assistant coach hadn't learned from the. I mean, really, what's an assistant coach getting up there yelling at people for? Well, no, he There's yelled no at Kevin Muskett. There was a challenge, domain. and it was a poor challenge. But yeah, it's but stupidity. you know, just just sit down, take notes. You know, put out the cones, wear the track your, suit. Yeah, with... just yeah, just say yes to the head coach all the time. <laughs> Be the good guy, and Kevin Muskett the bad guy. Just don't do that. I mean, it's embarrassing for the club. It is embarrassing. It really, you know, really, it's embarrassing for him as a professional, mm. and embarrassing for the club. And I, you know, and Kevin Muscott's got every right to be really upset with him. That you know, and I hope he, that he what's is. What's he getting suspended for? That's I hope question. he is upset. Interesting. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, just before the break, of course, we got uh, some breaking yeah. rumor on you, Daniel. That uh, rumor is fact. Ninkovic uh, may be going to China. Uh, may yeah. have been given a, an unbelievable offer. He's under contract, of course. Yeah. Should Sydney FC stand firm and try to keep him. Can't they, afford to. Yeah, they've, they've, got, they've got no choice. Australian clubs have got no choice. There would be a transfer fee paid here. You'd be talking millions. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, Australia, I just think anything over a $4 million transfer fee, even a $3 million transfer fee, you've got to take as an Australian club. But he's a big loss in terms of their team. Yeah, but they've got Bernie Abini who's coming back now. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've got people that, uh, that can sort of not fill the exact void because he's been he's absolutely sublime. Yeah. Type but uh, Bernie Abini's starting to really step up now and Holosko's starting to score some goals. And even though he's been under a lot of pressure, he's been a bit mm. better. So, uh, you know, and the likes of David Carney can't even get a game right now. So I think they'll have enough to uh, to cover for him, I think. Very interesting stuff. Hey, we're back on Friday night for the uh, City. Melbourne City and uh, Western City, City Wanderers game with the final whistle. That's it for tonight's show. Thanks for listening. Remember, Carlos. We're a Puerto Rican girls hangout. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever you samba, rumba and la bamba, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever there's girls with fruit on their head and balls at their feet, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever gringos play football, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. We are the Fort Diego. Olé! Olé!